Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with News Data's Clearing Up, joined by my co-host and editor of News Data's California Energy Markets, Jason Fordney. We're here with some of our top stories this week. Jason, what do you have for us? Hey Dan, today I'll be talking about a new report from Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory about solar demographics, a topic that we've covered before. We covered their last report with some improvements in racial and income uh, disparities in the home solar market. And I'll be talking about a new decision by the California Public Utilities Commission that allows investor-owned utilities to preserve a return on equity number that was due to drop. Uh, the IOUs had claimed special circumstances from the COVID-19 pandemic. And finally, Salt River Project adding 340 megawatts of storage in uh, Arizona by summer 2024. Hey, well, great. I, I've got a story up here about Northwest Natural pulling its application for a renewable hydrogen pilot project. An update on Oregon's progress with its greenhouse gas emissions reductions goals and some contract changes by Bonneville Power Administration customers. Jason, why don't you get us started with your top story? Sure thing. New report from uh, Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory on the median income and racial characteristics of new solar adopters in 2021. This report is entitled Residential Solar Adopter Income and Demographic Trends just came out. What they found was the gap is somewhat narrowing. The, the previous report from 2020, the median income of home solar adopters was 115000 per year. In 2021, it's dropped to 110,000. Still, obviously, very high uh, people that put solar panels on their homes still make much more money, but the gap is narrowing. Uh, the, the national average median income in 2021 was about $63,000. This is a debate that you continually hear about is the fact that solar home solar adopters, and especially if you're adding batteries, tend to be a little bit more affluent. Uh, California drives a lot of these numbers. Here's a quote from the port. The skew relative to national median incomes is partly due to the fact that roughly half of solar adopters are in California, which is a relatively high-income state. Solar adopters still tend to be white, college-educated homeowners, primarily English-speaking and middle-aged, work in business and finance, and inhabit uh, higher-income neighborhoods. And the percentage of solar adopters in disadvantaged communities has also gone up. Um, due to more third-party providers. And finally, uh, the racial characteristics, the share of Black people who own solar is low, but increasing, rising from 6% in 2020 to 7% in 2021, while Asians were about flat in their ownership at about 12%. Hispanic ownership ticked up slightly from 23% in 2020 to 24% in 2021. So still a lot of disparities in home solar, this is all residential we're talking about, but somewhat improving. Yeah, very, very interesting. I'm uh, looking forward to digging into that report uh, more myself, especially in terms of is, see if there's any way that it uh, informs debates over net metering. Sure. it's uh, Yeah, it's central to that conversation. And we should mention the California Public Utilities Commission is due to put out a new net metering proposal this week right after the election. So we'll be covering that in CEM and that's a big one. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. 
Well, up here in the Northwest, uh, concerns over growing volatility and other risks have led three Bonneville Power Administration preference customers, Benton, Pacific, and Grays Harbor County PUDs, to switch from being slice block customers to load following customers starting in October of next year. Uh, in, a, in short, for those not familiar with these products, so a, a slice block customer, you get a block of energy from Bonneville, and then you get a slice, a percentage of the generation or the um, federal hydropower systems output, you know, hour to hour. And if you're a load following customer, primarily you Bonneville follows your needs, whatever they are, hour to hour, more or less. They like the freedom and the independence of slice block, but they say they're worried about price volatility and just frankly, capacity concerns. Yeah. And capacity shortages, something we want to keep an eye on for sure. There in BPA. Indeed. Yeah. What else do you have for us? All right. Well, reporting from Linda Daly Paulson, California Public Utilities Commission, November 3rd, approved a proposed alternate decision. This decision was drafted by CPUC President Alice Bushing Reynolds, who was uh, took over the commission. Uh, she's formerly Governor Newsom's energy advisor. So this uh, regards the cost of capital adjustment for 2022 for the three IOUs in California, that's Pacific Gas and Electric, Southern California Edison, and San Diego Gas and Electric. What happened was, um, well, retail rates have already been set and approved by the commission in 2019. That also set the cost of capital for 2020 through 2022. Uh, then they were supposed to apply again in April but the IOUs filed off-cycle applications. And what they said, they want to suspend the cost of capital adjustment and maintain their current return on equity, which basically allows them to make more money. Um, they all would have had decreased ROE, but they said the pandemic has created special circumstances, uh, which takes them out of the proxy utilities group, which is the group of utilities they use to determine an appropriate ROE. Um, and Two ALJs had drafted a decision that would have put this to a hearing, but uh, Alice Pushing Reynolds issued this uh, replacement decision that was approved by the commission on a four to one vote. We'll get into that in a second, but essentially the IOUs will be able to retain their current levels of ROE for 2022. Commissioner Darcy Houck cast the lone dissenting vote. She said the utilities have seen, quote, record profits and record rate increases, unquote, in the past year. None of the decisions that the CPC put on the table fully discussed all the relevant issues, according to her, out of fairness to both ratepayers and shareholders, she said, shareholders, I should say. She said, I cannot support either the proposed decision or the alternate. And yeah, re reporting from uh, Linda Daly Paulson on that, a little bit um, of a utility-friendly decision from the CPUC. Well, another uh, regulatory story up here, Northwest Natural pulled its application with state regulators for a renewable hydrogen pilot project in Eugene, Oregon, after residents and activists objected to the plant's proposed location and the effectiveness of using hydrogen to decarbonize a natural gas system. The $10 million project would have allowed Northwest Natural to initially deliver a blend of 95% methane gas and 5% hydrogen gas to about 2,400 customers in uh, West Eugene, the west side of Eugene, with the ability to increase the amount of hydrogen to 10%. The company says it wants to work with the community to address the concerns, and it's uh, it withdrew its application to give it more time to do that rather than suspending 
the application, which would have uh, imposed a, a a time clock or a yeah a schedule for resolving those issues. Wow! Yeah, hydrogen. You know, seeing tons of federal funding coming in. We have this Western states working to create these new hydrogen hubs. A lot of excitement on that side of the equation, but a lot of opposition from environmental groups. And here we see localities. You know, you always run into that local siting issue, uh, fairness to disadvantaged communities. So uh, you can have all the excitement you want on the the, the uh, official government side, but there's a lot of practical problems to work out in actually getting these projects built. So uh, my final story is from Abigail Sawyer. We're over in Arizona. Salt River Project plans to bring 340 megawatts of grid-charged battery storage online by summer 2024 and also increase the capacity it originally sought in a 2021 request for proposals. The new battery resources will bring SRP's total battery storage capacity above 800 megawatts in 2024. SRP's Sierra Estrella project, one of these, is a 250-megawatt, four-hour battery storage system in uh, Avondale. The second project is called Superstition, love that name, will be 90-megawatt, four-hour system in Gilbert. Both projects are under contract with Houston-based Plus Power, which specializes in transmission-connected battery storage. It will be owned and operated by Plus Power subsidiary. SRP will typically deploy the systems during peak demand periods. We've had a lot of discussion about SRP wanting to build more gas, which has been very controversial, but here uh, adding some large scale batteries. And there's other, there's three other projects under development, which are scheduled to become operational in 2023. So lots of storage coming to Arizona and uh, obviously uh, a lot of solar over there. This does not look to be co-located uh with solar but rather transmission connected yeah great story from abigail and in the last story from the northwest oregon appears to have widely missed its 2020 target for reducing greenhouse gas emissions but in the state's recently re recently released biennial energy report state officials say they are optimistic oregon can hit its 2030 and 2040 goals they point to a range of electrification and decarbonization policies and mandates adopted in recent years, as well as growing numbers of electric vehicle registrations in the state. All right. Well, um, let's see. Optimistic that the future goals are within reach. That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, they're looking ahead to 2030, so plenty of room between now and then. They, uh, I believe the, the back of the envelope math I did, the state... Uh, its emissions in 2019 were 129% of their goal for 2020, which that data is actually not available yet. It's not, um, so it's, but it's safe to say they widely missed the mark. 120%, and the, they'd gone up in 2019. The emissions had gone up from the year before. So, so we'll see. Well, that's all from me, Dan Catchpole. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Energy West is edited and produced by our colleagues at Pioneer Utility Resources and Lucky Sound Studio. You can find me, I'm on Twitter at dcatchpole and clearing up is at CU News Data. Yep, and I'm on Twitter at Fordney Energy. And uh, we also have at CEM News Data on Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next week. You've been listening to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today 
and where it's going tomorrow.